Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. We're going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 24, and uh, if you're just joining with us, uh, we started this um, little journey here through the Olivet Discourse, and uh, we're going to be in Matthew 24 And uh, also, if you have some Bible markers, uh, I think it'd be good and helpful for you to also turn over to Revelation, uh, primarily Revelation 6, uh, 13, um, 9, a few of those areas, because we'll uh, we'll frequent those uh, as we uh, go through uh, this passage of Scripture here this morning. And uh, if you remember uh, this... uh, all of it discourse is uh, really uh, a whole thing uh, stemming from some questions the disciples asked uh, in the very first few verses of, uh, of Matthew 24. And uh, the, the question that they ask is, is about the end. You know, when is the, when is the end going to happen? When is, when is your coming going to be? And uh, if you can remember, um, the disciples, they did not see the second coming of Christ. They thought Jesus was going to restore his kingdom. That was going to be it. Things were going to be done. And uh, they did not see this time period that we live in uh, here and now. And uh, so the disciples here, they asked this question about when your coming is going to be. And the Lord's response, beginning in verse number four, all the way through chapter 25, is basically his answer of when these things will be, when the end will come. And uh, last week, I, I gave you a few of the indicators of the end of what uh, the Lord gave. And the first one I gave you was about deception. And uh, we're going to look at a few others here, um, and we're going to break this up uh, over a period of a few other messages here, because I know we won't be able to cover all of these uh, here this morning. But uh, this is what I'd like for you to take away with you today. The end is not yet, but be prepared because Jesus is coming back. Uh, If there's one truth that you need to really grasp is the fact that Jesus is returning. Now, when he's going to return, I can't tell you. I know a lot of people have given all kinds of goofy things. Uh, There was a guy in 1988 that wrote a a book called 88 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1988. It didn't happen, so I think he changed it to the 89 Reasons Why Jesus is Coming Back in 1989. Okay. Um, There's been all kinds of people that have said and predicted, oh, this is when it's going to happen and all that kind of stuff. I'm not here to do that. Uh, I don't think it's wise to do that because uh, Jesus says he doesn't even know uh, when he's returning. Only the Father knows. But Jesus does give specific outline details of what is going to happen. And uh, you need to be prepared because Jesus is uh, coming back. So let's look here at our scripture here. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verses 6 and 7, says here this other indicator that he gives. Uh, he gave the first indicator about uh, there's going to be deception, people are going to be deceived, but in uh, verses 6 and 7, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. 
For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So first of all, don't be alarmed by wars and rumors of wars. Um, remember that when the disciples looked at the Old Testament, like uh, Isaiah and Ezekiel and, and Daniel, when they looked at uh, uh, Zechariah and even some of the other minor prophets, um, they saw that the Messiah was coming, but they didn't see the whole picture. Remember I gave you that illustration of looking at your hands, okay? You can see everything this way, but when you turn it this way, you can't see everything. Well, that's what the disciples saw. They saw tips of things. They couldn't see everything in between. And so they knew Messiah was coming. And if you read some of those, uh, those passages, and especially in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, uh, they, they talked about the second coming, the, the Messiah coming, and that he would do everything uh, how it was going to line out. And you see these wars and you see all this stuff happening. And so they thought that this was going to really happen right then and there. Uh, but of course, uh, it didn't. So what they didn't see was that there was this long period uh, in between Christ's first coming uh, and his second coming. And uh, Paul actually calls it a mystery that was hidden from the, from the times past, right? And he says, I'm going to reveal to you this mystery. And we, we are seeing this mystery being unfolded before us as we're living in these times. We're waiting for the future coming of Jesus Christ. And so he says, before he comes, Jesus says this, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. But he says, do not be alarmed. The end is not yet. And so they wanted signs. And he says, so here are the signs. He says, all of these things are but the beginning of birth pains. And uh, this time was going to be a, a period of what he's characterizing it by wars and rumors of wars they're going to be happening. Now, I believe that all of us can look back on in history and we can definitely see some times and periods of, of wars. I mean, great wars, World War I, World War II, uh, Civil War. I, I mean, you could see all these types of things, right? Is that what Jesus is talking about, these wars and rumors of wars? I mean, have we already seen these wars already take place? Uh, if you talk to a Jehovah Witness, they actually believe that Jesus Christ uh, returned in 1914. And uh, at that time, the World War I was kind of breaking out. Uh, but of course, that didn't really happen. So then they said, well, he's coming back in 1917. And uh, that didn't happen either. So now they just say, well, he, he came back spiritually. You can't really see him, but he's already here. Um, so are we seeing these wars and rumors of wars? Well, I believe that there's always been wars. Um, we may have seen more and more of it, but does that mean that we're living in that time period right now? Um, I can't really say that for sure, but uh, let's look at a few scriptures here about this warfare and this war that's coming on. Now, notice what it says here in verse number six. And you will hear, you will hear, of wars and rumors of wars. This is future. And so it carries this idea of continual hearing. You're gonna continue to hear of wars and rumors of wars brewing, stirring up things that are going to happen. And I believe it's all future. And so you'll continually hear of nations and kingdoms fighting against each other. And so it's this kind of this ringing message that is constantly coming and we're hearing it. There's wars and rumors of wars. 
Now, I think we can verify this uh, pretty easily. Um, if we go over to uh, Daniel chapter number 11, and uh, we can kind of see what uh, the way Daniel uh, predicts this and, and, and shows us here about uh, wars and, and these uh, rumors of wars. Uh, if you look at Daniel chapter uh, number 11, Daniel gives us this glimpse into the future. And uh, Daniel takes us all the way up until the time when Messiah is coming to set up his kingdom. And just prior to that, Daniel describes the warfare that's going on. And, and take a look at uh, Daniel 11 and verse number 40. Because uh, he's talking here, now this is about the Antichrist. This is talking about the time of the end. And look at verse number 40. Mark the words here. At the time of the end. At the end of the time. At, at time's end, he says, the king of the south shall attack him, but the king of the north shall rush upon him like a whirlwind with chariots and horsemen and with many ships. He shall come into countries and shall overflow and pass through. He shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall, but these shall be delivered out of his hand, Edom and Moab and the main part of the Ammonites. And he shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall become ruler of the treasures of gold and of silver and the precious things of Egypt and the Libyans and the Cushites shall follow in his train. But news from the east and the north shall alarm him and he shall go out with great fury to destroy and devote many to destruction and he shall pitch his uh, palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. And so he's talking here about this coming antichrist, about the end here. And there's gonna be wars and rumors of wars. And if you study Daniel uh, chapter number 11, uh, it really gives about this great kingdom that's gonna be made up of basically the territory that once used to belong to the Roman Empire. And so this king is going to come, this great king, and he's going to try to bring destruction, is what it's talking about here. And so now if, I encourage you, if you want to study this on, on your own, to do so. Uh, but uh, Daniel 11 really talks about this end time, about the coming of Christ, and about these wars and rumors of wars. Um, let me give you a couple other examples of scripture that I think give us a glimpse in, into the future, to the end times here. Uh, Zechariah chapter 14, and uh, in, in verse number one, he says this, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord when the spoil taken from you will be divided in your midst. Verse number two, For I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle. The whole world is going to really uh, converge on Jerusalem. They're going to be coming against Jerusalem. And in a final incredible battle that, uh, that we read about in Scripture, Zechariah goes on to say in uh, verses uh, 2 through 3, The city shall be taken, and the houses plundered, and the women raped. Half of the city shall go out into exile, but the rest of the people shall not be cut off from the city. 
Then the Lord will go out and fight against those nations as when he fights on a day of battle. So the prophet's message is very consistent and very clear with what Jesus had to say about that there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And really, I think the world is, is simply just nothing more than like a powder keg ready for somebody to light the match and for it to explode and uh, there to go into all kinds of chaos. And so I believe that the, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a definite stage that is being set. Things are being put in order uh, for all of this kind of stuff to happen. Let's take a look one more, uh, one more at an important text here in uh, Revelation chapter 6. And uh, so if you turn over there, Revelation 6. And uh, Revelation 6 really gives us uh, even more detail as we look at this about wars and rumors of wars, um, kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation. And uh, when you have here in uh, Revelation 6, you have these seals. Now, in, uh, in, in Roman time, when, uh, when John was writing about this, these seals were symbolic. What are they? They were, there was a will. And a will that was only supposed to be opened and read by one person. And there's seven seals. And so each seal signifying that, okay, I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to open it up, and I'm going to open it up until finally I open it completely, fully, uh, till we see what, uh, what God is doing. And so God's uh, will here is the fact that he is going to redeem the earth. And how's he going to do that by allowing uh, these certain things to happen uh, here on the earth? And so each seal reveals what events are going to take place as God literally retakes the earth for himself. Uh, take note of here, uh, look at this, the verses three and four. We see this second seal that is opened. Notice what it says here. When he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted, notice this, to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another. And he was given a great sword. So this false peace that has been established by the Antichrist is taken from the earth and they begin to kill one another. And so you have the war, you have here a, a world beginning to kill itself in massive slaughter because of a false peace that was promised to them, and really it's taken away, and so then they begin to turn on each other. Look at verse number five, the third seal opens. Look what he says here, when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, come, and I looked and behold a black horse and its rider had a pair of scales in its hands. And so this goes on to describe the fact that he's balancing out grain and, uh, and, and this, these, there's famine conditions that are taking place in the world and there's not enough food to go around. And that's the result of war. Uh, look at uh, verses seven and eight. You have this fourth seal open up. It says, when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, come. And I looked and behold a pale horse and its rider's name was death and Hades followed him and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. And so here we have this, this massacre of one-fourth of the population of the world. 
Now in our, uh, uh, the world population today, it is, uh, I think it's right at, uh, was it uh, seven, five or, I can't remember what it was, but basically the one fourth, uh, when I figure this out, it would be basically 1.92 billion people are gonna be massacred uh, at this uh, opening of this seal. Uh, let's look at another passage here. Look at uh, Revelation chapter number nine. Uh, notice what else what happens in this war, in, these, in this end times here. Verses uh, 13 through 15. We have here these angels blowing these trumpets. It says, then the sixth angel blew his trumpet and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar before God saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour, the day, the month, and the year were released to kill a third of mankind. So already you've had uh, 1.92 billion, if that was to happen today, uh, a fourth of the world's population slaughtered, massacred. Now we have here, it says, so the four angels who had been prepared were released to kill a third of the remaining people of mankind. And uh, so here we see all this host of demonic forces to massacre a third of what's left. So if you take notice of this, uh, notice how he does this. Look at uh, verse number 16. Uh, these, uh, these troops that come out to massacre these people. It says the number of mounted troops was twice 10,000 times 10,000. And I heard their number. So really it's 200 million troops are marching and they're massacring and they're slaughtering people. This is what's going on. These are the wars and rumors of wars that are taking place. Now look at verse number 17. This really gets wild. I mean, this is like stuff that you, this is out there. Okay. Look at verse 17. And this is how I saw the horses in my vision and those who rode them. They wore breastplates, the color of fire and of sapphire and of sulfur. And the heads of the horses were like lion's heads and fire and smoke and sulfur came out of their mouths. Wow. That's bizarre, isn't it? Flip over to Revelation chapter 13. Look what he says here. We see another interesting thing about this war. The mighty power in this war comes not only from, I believe, demonic uh, forces of hell and Satan, but it really is the Antichrist. It's the beast. Look at uh, verse number seven, uh, Revelation 13, verse seven. It says, also it was allowed to make war on the saints and to conquer them, and authority was given it over every tribe and people and language and nation. Look at verse number 10. He says, if anyone is to be taken captive, he's talking about the saints. The Antichrist has come and he's making war on the saints. He says, if anyone is to be taken captive, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be slain with the sword, with the sword must he be slain. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Did you get that? 
Here is a call of faith and endurance for the saints. So Jesus is saying, listen, you're hearing of wars and rumors of wars, kingdom and nation rising against nation. He says, don't be alarmed because all these things have to happen. These are just but the beginning of birth pains. So you find here the Antichrist, just as Daniel 11 really predicts, and uh, he's the one who massacres the king of the south, the army of the north. He defeats the army of the east. He sets up his power worldwide. And uh, you get the picture. And uh, so there's just massive massacre that's, that's taken place because the Antichrist has set up a false kingdom. He's given people a false hope, a false peace. And many people believe him. Many people trust him. That's why Jesus says, hey, don't be deceived. There's gonna be many false Christs, many false teachers, right? He says, don't believe them. He says, all these things uh, are gonna happen. Let's look at another passage. Turn over to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation 16, and uh, look at uh, verse number 13. We have here now the seven bowls of God's wrath. So you had the seals, you had the trumpets. Here's the, the, the bowls now. Revelation 16, look at verse number 13. He says, and I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. Now, John sees these three unclean spirits. They're demonic spirits out of hell. And no doubt, of, I believe they are a great power. They're, they're high-ranking demons. They've come out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet, and they are spirits of demons. And look what they're able to do. Look at verse 14. For they are demonic spirits performing signs who go abroad to the kings of the whole world to assemble them for battle on the great day of God the Almighty. So they go forth and they're working miracles and they go to bring kings of the earth and the whole world to gather together at this battle of the great day of God. And look at verse number 16. It says, and they assembled them at the place that in Hebrew is called Armageddon. And so it tells us here that they gather together at Armageddon. This is a war. This is, a, this is something that is happening. And they're gathered together. And I believe that the demon forces the world gather all of the armies of the world together. And they go to battle to converge on Jerusalem, to destroy it, and to keep the king of kings from coming back. And they call, come here, hey, we're ready, we're gonna fight, there's gonna be this holocaust of war that is gonna take place uh, here in Armageddon. And so Christ comes, we find it's, it's, it's a fascinating thing what happens. Christ comes and destroys them all. I mean, it's done. And uh, so you can see that in Revelation as well, the prophets of the Old Testament support the words of our Lord as he says here that you will hear of wars, you'll hear rumors of wars, you'll see nation rising against nation and kingdom rising against kingdom, but do not be alarmed. He says the end is not yet. And uh, why? Well, because all these things must take place. The end is not yet. It's all necessary for sin to have its full and final furious filling. But the end is not yet. 
And then he goes on to tell us a few other things here that are going to happen. These birth pains that are going to increase more and more and more. Let me just give you the second one here. Verses seven and eight, he tells us here, there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of birth pains. So secondly, famines, pestilence, tears, signs, and earthquakes are but the beginning. Now you say, where are you getting pestilence, tears, signs? Where, where, where are those? That's not there in the text there. We'll turn over to Luke chapter 21. This is a, uh, another account of, of the, the Olivet Discourse that uh, we find here in Luke. And uh, Luke chapter 21, uh, Luke adds here uh, to the list of what uh, Jesus had said. Uh, look at verse number 11. So Jesus just finished, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And then he says, there will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and pestilences, and there will be tears and great signs from heaven. So all these things are gonna take place as what our Lord says is what is going to happen, how these things are going to uh, really play out in, uh, in, in the end times. And uh, so let's break this list down here. So you have famines, shortages of food. Remember, that's even part of the whole thing of causing war. You're gonna have earthquakes. Uh, you're gonna have pestilences. These are diseases and plagues that are gonna come. He says, then you're gonna have tears. The word that is used here for tears is the word phobos. That's the word that we get our thing of phobia. You know, people are claustrophobic, you know, the fear of, fear of tight spaces or enclosed spaces. So he says, there's gonna be tears. There's gonna be fear. There's gonna be horrible events, fearful sights that are gonna take place. And then he says, there's gonna be even signs from heaven, changes in the sky. What does all that look like? What is actually gonna take place with these things happening? And these, this is not even the end yet. Jesus says these are things are going to happen. This is not the end yet. All these things must happen. And so you need to be prepared. And really that takes us here to the end of our time. And so I'm gonna leave you hanging here. And uh, so next week we'll pick this up here about famines and pestilence and tear, signs, earthquakes, uh, but are just but the beginning. But, you know, what, what should you and I be taking away from all of this? Well, I believe that in every generation, God has called his church to be ready. Uh, no doubt many of you whose parents have, have passed on or even grandparents who's passed on has studied, talked about, uh, thought about these things. But in every generation, God calls his church to be ready because we don't know uh, the time nor the hour of when that's gonna happen, but we should be ready. And you know, Jesus is coming back and I, I do believe that we need to be prepared. And Jesus, after his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his resurrection from the grave, um, his ascension to heaven, he poured out his spirit upon the church here. The next major movement in God's calendar on his time frame is the return of his son. And so you and I need to be prepared. And so I pray that you would think about these things. Um, 
study them. I encourage you to read Matthew 24, 25 uh, this week. But uh, let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church. 